sponsored by Fireball. <laughs> Ignite the night, yo. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> every time it's a different way. Every time. Absolutely every time. So, <laughs> Aren't you impressed with my glugging? <laughs> I, I was actually quite impressed with your glugging. Thank you. Um, so, we are the Real Life Rockstars podcast. Hello. I'm Dan. And I'm Michael. And as always, we've got to just, uh, for any first time listeners, introduce ourselves. We are a radio show called Mike James Rock Show um, that have been going for over a decade now. And because we like to put as much of other people's awesome new music into our show, we decided to start a podcast to uh, be able to do longer interviews with uh, people and talk more ourselves. Yes. So uh, this is Real Life Rockstars podcast. And we like to talk about things that, you know, not necessarily covered um, elsewhere. So I'm a lot more uh, focused on the struggles of the industry, uh, shall we yeah. say? I'd say so. Well, not even the struggles, just like the life hacks to help other people out. But there are some struggles. Uh, yep. Yeah, so like, more the reality of what being a band means these days. We're trying to shine a bit of light on it. It's Hence the name is Real Life Rockstars. It was born off of... Like quite a few interviews at festivals where we would be chatting to bands, the camera would go off and then we'd you know, catch up with them if they hadn't said in the interview. But normally yeah. it would be like high-vis jackets going back on the next morning as they jump back in a van. Or... It is quite funny when you're in the interview with a band, you go, so what's next for the band then? It's like, yeah, yeah, so we got this, we got that, we got that. And then you go literally turn the cameras off and so it's like, but first of all, I'm back in the van at six o'clock tomorrow delivering spuds or yeah. whatever it is exactly. in the back of the van exactly um so it's real life man it's, it's we've done it like the amount of times that we've um, left a festival and then been at work the next day um one or t'other of us at least yeah, yeah um and we don't consider ourselves rock stars just to clarify we are not the real life rock stars <laughs> of the real life rock stars podcast it is people like, uh, for example, our guests today, which are definitely real-life rock stars. Yes, they are. But before we get to that, we should do our brief catch-up, as we always do. Oh, um, you're going to ask me what I've been listening to, aren't you? Uh, listening and watching, either TVs or film. Oh, watching? Yes, I can you... do, because I've been doing a lot of that this week. <laughs> what have you watched? Uh, the Tick. Nice. On Prime. Very nice. It is, yeah, it's good. I thought I'd just put it on as a background thing because it's short little episodes and next thing I know I'm actually sat on my sofa and not on my laptop and watching it. It's like, yeah, okay, I want to find out what happens next. So they've got like good hooks and angles to it. So I'd recommend that. Sweet. I am currently um, still... <coughs> Excuse me. Probably was working on it last time, still working on it now, uh, doing Bob's Burgers. Oh, that'll take you forever. Um, but I have also restarted BoJack Horseman as well. That'll take you forever as well. Yeah. Um, so those are my two main uh, franchises and you're going to love the films I'm working through at the moment because uh, I'm going back through uh, the Christian Bale uh, Batman trilogy. Oh nice! Uh, so I've just done Batman Begins um, and then my favourite of the franchise is up next. I think it's most people's favourite to be honest. On music, I'm going to come at you with a bit of a, a uh, um, curveball. Not swing ball, as I once said. Um, <laughs> Uh, a bit of a curveball as to what I've been uh, listening to recently. Okay. Um, I have been getting into the 1975. Oh, nice. Yeah, because... Uh, Didn't um, we catch a little bit of them at Reading? We did. I uh, took a couple of photos. Um, but I've been given a super fans list, um, like playlist to work my way through. Okay. Um, and the super fan fills me in on um, the 
eras and everything like that, uh, which has been really fun. Um, it's like listening to uh, me with uh, my favourite bands like Bullet, Asking, Killswitch, where I can literally, with a certain amount of accuracy, tell you their entire history. Well, Matt is quite outspoken as well. I've seen some of his mm. social media and things like that. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's he's definitely a front man that people can get behind. Sort of like Liam Gallagher was back in the day for us as a front man of Oasis that would like he would take no shit really, would he? Exactly. Um, it's about important. Yeah, yeah. Matt is slightly the same. Plus, he also does that dance on a travelator. Yeah. Which is just reminds me of Jamiroquai, but like um, when you do when you can Jamiroquai did it in a video. They, the 75 do it on stage it's kind of like almost like a Ramstein thing isn't it I was going to say it reminds me of Ramstein <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, but it makes it it does make it it's a quite a spectacle to watch isn't it I think that's the bit that we watched at Reading yeah well I'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed in it and that I wasn't into them before it's one of those oh damn it I had a really good chance to watch them which because I didn't know anything about them I didn't watch them um but no, I'll be I'll be quite looking forward to the next time I see them live because I'm going to go into it knowing a lot of uh, mm. their back catalogue. Um, and normally for me um, with bands is if they interest me enough off of like a hits uh, playlist um, to go back and listen to each album as a piece of work, then I normally kind of say to myself, well, you find this interesting enough that you do like it. I'm a bit weird when it comes to sort of getting into um, stuff, mm. uh, which is why. <laughs> actually we do what we do is I pick stuff up off our radio show because it is um, sort of just whatever's new that week so I get to uh, tie into it it's like it's got me back into falling in reverse this week for example because um, nice. yeah, yeah. Um, they've been releasing some real good uh, new stuff and they're like I like how much less whiny his singing yeah I'm is. like that with Lionheart at the moment exactly uh, Dayseeker is well, yeah. the one that's come out on the last couple of podcasts uh, but this like since the last podcast I've been listening to albums that have come out this year because it's that time of the year where for the show we've got to work out our uh, top 10 albums of the year so it's been good catching up with some of those to be um, fair mine is just a, a matter of uh, um, working out um, what the actual um, like sort of tick list is yeah yeah I've got um, my, my top 8 I've got sorted out it's just what order I'm going to put them in but there are so many that are vying to get into the top 10 it's just like oh man there's at least about a dozen bands that could quite easily go 9, 10 in my top 10 um, but then on top of that we're doing um, special if you talk about the special podcast we're going to do for the end of the year yeah yeah the, no, we can talk about that okay good good so um, like the, we're doing our top 10 albums of the decade yes and we're which, going to do that on our next two podcasts basically yes um, with a breakdown as to why some history on the band some history on the tracks what they mean to us yeah, uh, yeah. just a, a chance for us to essentially geek out about the music that we absolutely have loved over the last 10 years and warning there will be for me probably two or three albums from the same bands because um you know i do happen to have certain favourite bands um, and again albums are really really difficult to hook me in with well that's what makes it what makes it a, an album that really lasts for a decade it's the emotional attachment you have to that album it's like well the album is good as a standalone album but mm. also it's, it reminds me of you know this many years well within the last 10 years of doing this or doing well, to that give you an idea, like, Disarm the Descent has got quite a high possibility of being on there from Killswitch but um, Incarnate doesn't, because Disarm the Descent has a massive emotional attachment for me, both with um, you know, the changes in the band, 
what was going on with me at the time, uh, seeing the band live, all of this sort of stuff. Incarnate's an absolutely uh, massive album, yeah, yeah. but not, I don't think, big enough to actually get in to that. And don't forget, though, we're going all the way back to 2010. Um, it, it's quite wide-reaching. I'm going to have to dedicate an evening of my life to this one. Just an evening? <laughs> um, well, you know me, I make my lists in one go, and mm. that's always been the way I've done the yearly school report, is to sit down. Um, but you're, you've always debated yours for, like, um, a good month oh, before yeah, the yeah. show. So, but it also means that, that I've properly whittled it down to ten from the whole decade, so I've got the next couple of weeks of... Uh, listening to lots of albums it's getting back into them for sure like, oh yeah wait six o'clock in the morning the, the, on the way to work just singing to something from 10 years ago <laughs> well i've also been listening to this week is um a lot of sub focus and that was actually what you were listening to when i arrived today i know i'm quite so happy good. with that oh, if we're talking about that as well and um, then i should probably uh, shout out somebody who needs absolutely no um, like sort of support because he's huge um martin garrix i'd like um every couple of weeks i'll just sit there and like put on a performance from like tomorrowland or something yeah, from YouTube. yeah. Still, so and it's still supporting him because it's from his channel so i'm fine with that um but i just man, i love his uh, i don't music. know if it's on amazon prime or netflix but there's a documentary about him uh, and it's so good <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't realize how young he was when he blew up like, no no i do because um of the point that i got into him and then i looked at his age i was like but wait he's and I, I, <laughs> yeah. like i backscaled the amount of time i was like whoa this kid has been slaying it yeah um, and, and i find it very difficult not to hate him <laughs> um but no um he's uh, somebody i think that's um hard earned a lot of it because i look looked into how much uh, musical talent he has across a variety of different instruments mm. but every time I watch his performances it does make me giggle because I think about doing like this stupid um, sort of uh, dance DJs um, exercise videos um, uh, with all of the moves because you know what it's like you dance from foot to foot um, wasn't that Benny Biassi's satisfaction <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway I've got like an absolute ton of shout outs to get through and there's a couple people have been listening to the podcast and commenting and getting involved it's really nice it's All like... right. so I'm going to fly through the repeat ones and then I, um, a couple of people might get some special mention this week oh um, okay so the repeat ones not um, to diminish the repeat ones it just means oh, that God. we've got regular listeners that yeah. listen to the podcast and interact with us uh, well I'm going to split this into um, uh, podcasts uh, that we love support and uh, chat to regularly which is uh, Life in the Stocks with Matt Stocks Straight Out of Popcorn with Public City PR Gestar Gestar Guitar stands for goalposts with Alex Irons. That one is so much fun. Yeah, um, Stappenin's uh, or um, Sapnin. Sapnin, um with Sean Smith. Um, and then the other two sort of regular listeners um, is check out Mr. Sandman Games on Twitch and Greg Does Art on Instagram. Uh, Greg is uh, doing a, a donation based thing at the moment with his uh, work, so have a, have a look into that um, and chat to him on Instagram. Uh, you may end up uh, having essentially. Uh, quite a nifty I have like eight of them you have um, lots of his art yeah uh, but it's because I like it so um, yeah that's uh, that's the standard ones done now um, I have to actually um, after we've recorded this send an email back um, but we've got the lovely uh, bit of uh, feedback from uh, some guys so I'm just going to read it out uh, let me just pick this um, thing up <sighs> right 
So, from Choices Made, um, from Toronto. Toronto, um, Canada? Yeah. Hey Dan and Mike, hope you guys are well. Uh, just finished listening to your interview uh, with my good friend Liam, which was uh, bloody brilliant by the way. Oh, it was awesome, that chat. <laughs> Even with the uh, cameos from bands like doing dem- like, warm-ups next door in the cabin and stuff. Yeah, and then uh, it also got me listening to the rest of your podcast. Uh, very entertaining and informative. Appreciate all the info. Um, love the episode about press kits, uh, which solidified I was doing at least a few things correct with the uh, band's press kit. Um, and then what uh, we're looking at with these guys is uh, they're dropping an EP in the new year. Um, so I'm going to be chatting to them about making sure that they uh, tell us when that's coming out so it can fit the um, sort of uh, stylings of our main show, uh, which is Upfront New Music. So nice. Um, thank you to those guys. Uh, we've got um, shout out to Domino PR. Uh, they were the... Um, for the Ramsey and Single of the Week on our uh, radio show this week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, extra Uncovered, as always. You guys are awesome. Uh, thank you, as always, for... You can't uh, see us tipping our caps at them, can you? <laughs> no. Um, then, a uh, couple of random shout-outs. Um, two massive Instagram fans and... Hang going... on. Oh, I, I hate it when it stops right outside your house. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so two massive, uh, well actually three massive Instagram fans, uh, massive shout out to Cuffsband from Bristol, um, who like and interact with an incredible amount of our posts and it always makes me smile, because uh, I'm generally the one that um, is picking up the Instagram stuff, uh, Slacker as well. Yeah, uh, I, I like their video they made to say thank you to us. Yes. Not Fantastic. just us, but a whole bunch of other people, but we, we were kind of, yeah, like soundbitey type things, yeah. and they used the audio as well from our show, which I... They didn't even ask me for. I don't know about you. Um, no, I think they no, just... No, so they just did it off their own back. Fantastic. Off work. our Listen Again service, yes. which has been charting as well. Um, <laughs> then a um, little shout out to a very ill gentleman out there. Um, it's a laundry list of absolute bullshit that's happening uh, with him right now. So uh, we just want to send some love uh, to Dr. Biffgood. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he's always supporting what we do, uh, watching oh, everything. He on we... our show, didn't he? Yeah always uh, watching what we put up online uh, so thank you for that uh, and every every view helps us push the algorithm yeah. further so we appreciate it and uh, with everything that's going on as well like absolutely tough run um, and so all the love in the world thank you very much um, and a massive shout out again to what is becoming our resident graphic designer Ryan Hartford um, he's just done us a rebrand of our main logo which will be going live um, across our networks very soon um well 2020 2020 um massive shout out to long-standing show supporter and friend um and now podcast supporter and friend uh mr elliot of digital prime oh um and enzo music management yes um and shout out to enzo music management as well um yeah so there's some good bands on there man. yeah um elliot has been um one of the hardest working people I have ever um, seen, like whether it's doing uh, sound engineering on a live basis or a production basis, uh, being part of Enzo Music Management, being a leading force in like 16,000 bands. bands at the same time, um, an amazing guitarist in his own right. And I do actually like, not just because I, um, I know the guy, but uh, the bands that he've been, he's been in, it's always been noted that his guitar work, whether it be the writing or the life um, is fantastic. And he has got one fuck of a bellow on him as well. Like, yeah, he can yeah. he can throw you back um, as well. Oh, and those dreads, 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I could really embarrass him on the podcast, but I won't. <laughs> about the first time I ever met him. Oh no, we still have a picture of that um, somewhere in our archives. Um, so we we might have to bust that one out at some point. Elliot, you've been warned that may be a throwback on our networks. Um, yeah. So unless you share this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But thanks um, for the support, Elliot. <laughs> yeah. um, and two last um, shout-outs is uh, fellow um, phonic brethren, um, Mark Montague-Monty. Yeah, yeah. Um, for uh, listening to uh, this as well. That's always appreciated. Well, we've always talked about the podcast with him when we do our changeover yeah. on our live radio show. And now he's actually, actually like listened to it and was like, yeah. Mm. props so thank you very much and finally um, sort of a combined shout out to um, the um, people that are keeping the scene going in our local area and the reason I want to do this is because I want to encourage anybody no matter where you're listening from is go out and find your equivalents of the people that we're about to shout out because they're always there they're always sat waiting um, on um, like sometimes in an empty club um, because they are local metal and rock club nights mm-hmm. um, so i want to shout out alternate so that um is probably the one that we've worked with the most heavily over the years so shout out to rob firstly and most of all also second shout out for biff um josh and aaron all of those guys thank you for um doing essentially they they're the ones that have kept going week yeah, in yeah. week out i think the most consistently but also um catacombs who uh, do somewhat more of a seasonal one but it works incredibly well um, so they do take time off the festivals, yeah. but yeah. Um, and those guys, again, they do an absolutely banging night. Slightly um, different to the other club night in our hometown. Yeah. What's going on in Exeter today, man? No idea. Um, so those two are <laughs> our Exeter brethren, uh, which is our hometown, but we work But very... they've also, there's another club night now, uh, Black Parade. Uh, Black Parade, yes. the visiting one. Oh, and yeah, yeah, it's course. part of a na- national thing, but it's going down really well, and they're teaming up with Alternate for New Year's Eve in Exeter, so... Um, that's, that's, you know, you've got a choice of everything. And there's also Catacombs New Year's Eve, so there's a, a huge choice in Exeter for the first time right, in years for New Year's Eve if you're into your alternative rock and metal. And don't so. forget about uh, Raise Hell. Yeah. So shout out to Raise Hell, which is also a shout out to the Hellraiser Fire people. And they're another local night, which, are, um, again, uh, they work quite closely with High Voltage Customs, which uh, recently did a jacket for me good friend of ours uh, called Gav from ACDC UK. Um, and then finally, uh, shout out to both Spike and the Unleashed guys from MV in Plymouth. Despite what some people think about Extra in Plymouth, they may be our local rivals, but it's all in good fun. And we love MV. We love the guys from Unleashed. So it's like the Twisted uh, Metal DJs and a few others and all that sort of jazz. So Collaboration. Yes. I think that's all of my shout outs done. We Are you sure? I think we should probably crack on with doing um, the uh, next one because it requires a tiny bit of explanation and then it's a long interview in itself. Go on then. So we are (laughs) doing um, one that we recorded uh, quite quickly um, after um, episode one, as it happens. I believe this is uh, the second one that we actually recorded. Um, yeah, we, we yeah we recorded it back in about April, I think it was before we even launched the uh, podcast, just because we wanted to speak with these lovely humans, and they were right on our doorstep and not rushing around at a festival. Exactly. So uh, this one is our podcast with the Lounge Kittens.
And the reason why we uh, said it um, had it uh, at the point that we did as well is based on episode one with Burton Thibel and Jason Lewis. Um, they were talking about uh, their dealings with Pledge Music when it comes to Ascension of the Watchers, mm. um, their sort of side project. Um, and we started realising that there was some real heavy stuff going on, as everybody did. This was when Pledge Music was um, like, the money had dried up basically. Nobody was getting anything and everybody was starting to panic. Well, back in April, it looked like Pledge Music was going to be sold to um, other, uh, you know, conglomerate or something. Yeah, and so try, and, try and properly rescue it, but that didn't happen. No, so we've sat on this one. This one's why it's a little bit out of date. Um, and also, unfortunately, there are developments that makes this a bit of a sad podcast to do. But we, we've talked about it long and hard, um, and we decided to uh, go ahead with it. Because not every um, real-life story has a happy ending. Um, so we will be covering in a second uh, Pledge Music's uh, statement on this. And then we're also going to be uh, doing one of the last statements from uh, the Lounge Kittens as well. Because unfortunately, this was recorded whilst they were uh, trying their best to keep um, themselves going. And they'll explain why in the interview mm. things were so hard. Uh, so we're going to let them explain it. We are in contact with the girls at the moment, um, and we are looking um, in 2020 to bring you a sort of concluding part to this, because we would really love to represent well, they these are, guys. They, they are doing their final three shows in February, so hopefully we'll be able to get them back for something along those a farewell lines. conversation, yeah. even if it's on Skype or something. I think it is yeah. right that we do follow this one up and do it as a two-part type thing, really. 100%. Um, so... Mike's going to um, give you a statement in a second from Pledge Music um, as to what's happened as far as those guys are concerned. Um, I'm then going to read out the Lounge Kittens one um, and then essentially uh, it's pretty much the interview after that. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's some really good parts, the interview, some really fun stuff and that uh, we'd love to talk about, but we're going to cover that a little bit after the interview as well. So. Well, yeah, it's not the interview's not just about pledge music. No, but that's why it was really the, sad listening to it back because uh, like this is why we love the lounge kittens and why we wanted them to carry on. Yeah, but you know? yeah, so pledge music on the twenty third of October this year literally just wrote put a statement up on their um, website. Pledge Music's bankruptcy administrator confirms artists are unlikely to receive any payments. Uh, it is estimated that artists are owed around $9.5 million in unpaid funds. Artists who are owed money are encouraged to seek an insolvency lawyer here in the UK. So that's that's their official stance. They've obviously gone into bankruptcy. They've tried to be sold out and uh, other people trying to uh, get money paid into them and all that kind of stuff. Um, there is... A, on their timeline, um, the band Queensryche, so not even small up-and-coming unsigned bands or anything. No, well, don't forget. It was, there were there some big, big bands there, and Queensryche confirmed that they are owed over $70,000. And that, that was at the beginning of the year, so I don't know if anything's happened from that, but it just goes to show that the whole pledge music thing was not just used by struggling artists trying to get a leg up and get their music out there kind of thing. It was established bands were using it as well. I, I believe somewhere... Uh, was it Burton that was actually talking about Guns N' Roses used it for something, some project so, yeah. they were doing? And obviously, like, 
Ascent, uh, the Ascension, the Mate Watchers, uh, with Burton C. Bell and Jason Lewis, they had their project tied up in it. So it has not, you know, it has affected a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just able to talk about it with the Lounge Kittens then. And like, like you said, we will be going and hopefully getting hold of them to find out exactly what happened after the recording we've done. So we're yeah. trying to fill in the spaces until we can actually have a proper conversation with the kittens and but, um, tie that up next year with their actual um, final dates that they're doing. Shall I quickly run down the dates that the lounge kittens are doing to give them a leg up? Um, well, let me just see. Um... You search for what you're doing. So basically their final tour is called An Evening with the Departure Lounge Kittens. <laughs> Bless them. Uh, they're doing Manchester Band on the Wall on Thursday the 27th of February. Um, on the Friday the 28th of February they're doing London Union Chapel oh it's a leap year next year I did not realise that (laughs) (laughs) they're playing on the 29th of February in Southampton at the uh, 1865 which is their hometown basically Mm -hmm. so yeah if you haven't got tickets uh, it doesn't look like they've sold out completely I don't think so uh, go and and get tickets and uh, go and say farewell to the girls because um, what I'm going to do now, just to make sure that we've done all of the statements, is yes. the Lounge Kittens uh, took some time to write quite a long statement. So forgive uh, my dyslexic uh, ability right now, because sometimes I do struggle reading stuff out. Quite a long statement. Okay, so it is with the heaviest of hearts that we announce um, the three final performances to mark the end of the Lounge Kittens, which is the ones we just said. Despite your unwavering support and generosity, we have struggled to keep... Um, the lounge kittens financially viable over the years and although it's um, never been um, about the money uh, when we add the financial strains to the demands of our own lives um, our own individual wants and needs we have simply come to the point where it's uh, just a bit too hard what we don't want to happen is to reach the point where it's all too hard and it stops being any uh, fun because um, dear kittens it was the only reason to ever do any of this Um, We want to assure you um, that through a lot of honest conversation our decision was made with love and care for each other and for you all. We decided um, that if we were going to call time on the band, there's only um, one way we want to go out. The three of us standing together and having a big fucking last laugh. Um, We'd like our final shows to be a huge celebration of everything that we've achieved over the past six years. And by we, we mean um, us three and the whole of our um, extended team kit and... um, family and all of you lot. Um, We hope that you will take uh, your place in the squad one last time. A social media post cannot adequately describe what uh, being in Lounge Kittens has done for each of us and we understand that some of you hold your memories and experience uh, of the Lounge Kittens just as closely as we do. That would be us. Um, We invite uh, you to spend some time with us on Facebook Live on Wednesday evening. Ah, well that's no longer got relevance. (laughs) Um, that's um, alright I've just found out that the tour sold out as well ah fantastic as always big kit and love it's been a hell of a um, a ride Um, yeah Um, and that is still hard to read because um, you know it was like their their live show was like nothing else Um, I've seen it on the same tour um, I think once or um, a very similar set and it was as funny both times because they they they're they're just so good at like encapsulating their friendship putting it together as a showpiece and putting it on stage yeah that's what i always loved about them we've known zan since like year dot when it comes to the mike james rock show 
We've uh, worked with her when she was part of uh, Amber Promotions company uh, for much longer than she was part of the Lounge Kittens. So for us, it was particularly sad to watch one of our friends um, struggle uh, with something like this happening to them. Um, which is why, um, and they put it quite nicely through honest conversation and wanting to show the love that we have for them, we decided that, you know, what screw uh, relevance as to timeline or anything like that. We're still going to um, play this one out. We still want to show these guys uh, the amount of love that we always wanted to show them. Um, and it's just such a, such a shame, but that is, um, you know, part of the podcast is being real. Yeah, yeah, 100%, so. man. So let's, should we play the interview and then we'll we talk should. about yeah. it afterwards? Because, yeah, yeah this is, it's a fun interview, man. It's not <laughs> it all, is. It's not all about the French music. It's about, the you know, them in there having fun in their industry. And how they've managed to uh, do some of uh, their stuff. and uh, Like walking on stage with Limp Biscuit in front of, like, 40, 50,000 people with yeah. Sonosphere and stuff like that. They have been hugely successful. And we cover that in the interview. It's, it's been great. So... Uh, I'll put, press play on the sweeper thing and it'll make some noise and then the interview will happen. Okie dokie. Real Life Rockstars Podcast! And we have the Lounge Kittens joining us. Hi. Oi, oi. Um, and the reason why we wanted to get you guys in to talk to us um, generally is you might have had an interesting time with the industry, sort of from the beginning, but also quite recently. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, well, we would like to sort of chat maybe about the pledge campaign thing that happened with you guys a little bit. For those that don't know, can we have an outline of what happened? Um, yeah, so we launched our latest second pledge music campaign after the album cycle in 2016, which was really successful, uh, in October last year. Yep. And we hit our target in 24 hours, which was wow. amazing. That's, That's awesome. cool. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. We, uh, well, that shocked us, you. Yeah, well, that shows your popularity <laughs> as well, though. Cause, uh, yeah, because we hadn't done anything, you know, we hadn't released anything since the beginning of April 2017. So to come back in um, autumn 2018, and we were in the studio recording when we launched the campaign. Okay. Um, so to, to, to launch it, and we were really, you know, we were like, oh, has everyone forgotten about us? Mm. You know, are they still there? Yeah. The new, hello. And then, you know, for it to smash the its target in 24 hours was absolutely amazing we it. had this amazing elation and then the way pledge works is that when you hit your target they're supposed to give you an initial payout yep. of a percentage of the target and that when the, on the previous campaign that had happened automatically it happened through paypal automatically wow. and i remember okay. it because it was christmas day yes. when we hit our target <laughs> i was nice. surprised that the payment came into our bank account on christmas day that didn't happen this time and so after a few weeks of emails and, oh, they seem to have changed their system and they're not working with PayPal anymore. And, well, and then, you know, they kept saying things like, oh, we'll request the payment. And we were like, you know, it's supposed to be instant. Mm. Uh, it eventually came to light that actually they were having these kind of financial difficulties um, and uh, that the payments perhaps wouldn't be forthcoming. So we have only received um, half of that initial payout and we were already in the studio at the time, so yeah, that, that needs financing. Yeah. 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 The EP, we like, basically finished recording yeah. in the same week as the, yeah. the target. Okay. So like our soundie had come out with us to do it, our videographer like, you know, gave us their invoices, everyone's happy, like, mm -hmm. woohoo, we're going to get paid, and then, nope. you know. So we still <laughs> haven't... Still waiting for money. Yeah, yeah, we still haven't managed to clear... Um, half of the our sound engineers' fees. Because you said half of the initial payment. Yeah, not even the full amount. No. no. So um, yeah. So as it stands at the moment, um, uh, at the beginning of this year, Pledge asked for sixty days 
to uh, of grace to try and sort out the company and and find everybody's money um and we closed our campaign so that no more fans could um would lose any money mm, that's really good um and took it all over onto our website yep and we we talked really openly to the fans about it we just straight up what what happened we that's did, actually we how we stumbled across what happened to you guys was your own social media we didn't want anyone to worry we didn't want our fans to worry and to think that they they weren't going to get what they pledged for and they were worried about us as well so we wanted to make sure that they knew that we were dealing with it in our own way and that they would still receive what they pledged. It was so hard though because yeah. like the, when the campaign was still open and we already knew that there was this horrible cash flow problem and that are we going to get the money, what's going to happen and people kept on pledging. We're yes. just seeing this amount go up and up and up and we're just like this no. is oh. more money that is just we might not get so we just thought oh, to a certain so point we I have, guess to, just, yeah, we have to tell people and we have to open up another avenue that for them to be able to yeah. pledge um, without having to involve them, and in order to do that, we had to kind of explain. So we, yeah, so we made the decision that we were, because by that point, the tour, the tour that we're on, is already booked. Yeah. You know, tickets have been sold. People are coming to see this. I've played this new EP, which has been made. Um, and so we were like, well, we have to put the EP into production because otherwise we can't do the tour, and we can only make money on merch sales if we tour. So. Yeah. But obviously touring has its own cost, you know, it's 1,500 quid just to hire the van. So yep. it, it, all of that money has to be found from somewhere. So for mm -hmm. the first time ever, we've done, um, we've done, we're doing uh, pre-show meet and greet experiences, which was a way that we could yep. claw in a little bit of money for something else. So basically we're having to work even harder yeah. um, on, the sh on, on the shows whilst we're out on the road. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a case of maxed out credit cards and mm. savings and um, any sort of drop of money that comes in from sales from other places just going straight into it, paying off some of the debt and you know buying all the merch for us to then sell on tour yeah. and yeah, like the overheads are so high before the tour. Before tour, yeah. yeah, it totally goes against the reason why we did a pledge campaign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 ended up so much worse off financially so than we could worse. have done. Yeah. And I imagine that you also had an image to worry about because if you guys did a pledge campaign and then we're doing paid meet and greets if you didn't explain it people would definitely get the wrong idea that yeah just mo more money more money well so. we hate the idea of paid meet yeah. and greets in mm. general yeah. we would never ever charge anyone to have their photo taken with us or mm -hmm. to say hello or anything like that to have something signed um, but we decided that we would make it into an experience so they come Fantastic. we'll sing them a few songs we um, you know we take some requests for things that aren't going to be in the show we teach them a load of stuff that we do with the Avicii medley so they're actually oh, part cool. of the performance mm. when we get to the Avicii medley in the in the show and then you know we have a chat and we take photos and blah 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 but like so they and um, they get a signed poster and stuff so we were yeah. like as long as we're giving them something extra yeah then not, not just can... your faces behind a table uh, no 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 we've exactly. never we, yeah. and we still go to merch at the end of the show mm -hmm. for anyone you know who can't who can't afford or you know isn't able to come to the meet and greet so it's yeah. not an exclusive thing it's just a little extra thing if people want to spend a bit more time with us for the uber fans well a lot of people <laughs> wanted other ways to help out like after yeah. Yeah. so yeah. many messages what can we do is there any way we can send money what can we do and we, and we just have to say to people please come to a show buy some merch if you want to help us out like we're doing this meet and greet thing it's mm -hmm. just yeah. just this time because you know of the of the situation we're in and, and people have been so warmly willing to, yeah, uh, to help and do anything that they can it's been very moving has it kind of left a bit of a sour taste in your mouth or is it going to kind of it make you a bit more wary about 
booking tours in the future and recording the next it, full EP, uh, uh, LP. Sorry. It was so disappointing after the high. I think that's why it felt so crushing. Yeah. was because we were so thrilled that we'd gone through this horrendously difficult year and we've managed to bring everything back together and we've made this plan to go and do this EP and the recording process was such an absolute joy. And then, you know, we were worried about launching the campaign and we're thinking, well, no one's going to give a shit. Like, we've been so quiet all this time. No one's going to remember who we are. Yeah. And then to have it hit... 100% in 24 hours was just elating yeah. mm. and then after that just the fallout from it it just seemed we had we just couldn't catch a break after no. everything we'd been yeah. through it was like oh it was what now months you know? and months of stress and I took a couple of months off because I was so stressed over the winter and, and went went abroad but was having to deal with all of this pledge stuff behind yeah. the scenes whilst away which the, the pledge campaign paying for stuff for the pledge campaign had already sucked out all of my savings for travelling so I was travelling you know, on my credit card to try to for my relaxing de-stress, <laughs> <laughs> and it just kind of yeah, it just kind of built up and it built up and it built up, and it kind of often does when with the the gap between recording something and then it going into production, you know, and being you know fed to the fans, mm. it does lose its its shine anyway because we've lived with it for such a long time oh, now yeah. that by the end you're just like oh I just want Get to get out. out come on. <laughs> But it's even more so when you're scraping through any penny, every penny, and you owe people money. And we you know we don't work with big record labels or and you know or you know sound recording studios or anything. These are all freelancers. They're all relying on this money yeah. for their for their rents and their mortgages and the Christmas because obviously yeah. it happened just before Christmas. Right, so right, we were right. like, sorry guys, we know we owe you two grand, uh, but you know enjoy your Christmas. Yeah. And luckily, obviously, everybody's worked with us and they they before and they know that you know we're good, good for, for it. it. We don't like this at all. Normally, we try. We we've always been really proud of the fact that Lounge Kittens pays for itself. Yeah. Yep. Um. First and foremost, and we we're not in in debt, and we're you know we're not um we don't have any other you know income support from you know we don't have a backer or anything like that. Yeah. Or a label. We're our own label. Um. And so you know, luckily, everyone has been really really cool about it. Um, but those, yeah. those freelancers you're working with might also be working with other bands that have gone through the pledge campaign. Yeah, also. They could be even more. Yeah. You're just, you know, yeah, you're just one cog in their wheel kind of thing. Right, and if, they're, mm-hmm. if they're doing three or four EPs in a couple of months all through pledge campaign, they're going to be greatly out of pocket. And yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's a horrendous I mean, so situation many to be in. got mm-hmm. burned by pledge. It yeah, yeah. surprised me. Well, the same as the last podcast we did as well, is they were having issues with it, but I believe they were due to their size slightly higher up the list. So Pedge uh, decided probably to lessen the exposure of honouring deals to bigger people so that mm. things like that. I Reading the post that you guys put up about it, I was actually quite impressed how much you didn't point the finger at Pledge Campaign. Well, um, like because Pledge we don't want to ruin it for everybody, Absolutely. you know? Like, it's such a good resource for the fans. But also, if we start panicking the fans and they all start trying to claw their money back out, the chances of everyone getting their money out are significantly reduced. Right, yeah. the whole thing so it would be selfish for us to be like, well, everyone everyone just get their money back from their banks and, you know, we'll just, we'll just we'll cut, be fine, cut, and, cut and run. They might not be. Because yeah. there's, you know, there's like 100 other bands, yeah. of, you know, similar lower and higher levels than us that were also like crossing their fingers and hoping that it, it, it just became better. It's not in the spirit of the community. No, absolutely. We're all supposed to be and helping each other. Everyone on pledge is, you know, doing it kind of DIY style. Like if, if the whole thing goes under, then we're all... Exactly. Yeah. I was quite surprised at some of the bands that are actually use pledge. It's like really established. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Not just in rock and metal, but like across the board in music yeah. Yeah. in it's general. Surprising, it's just it? like, 
I would never have pictured such as such needing to do a pledge campaign. I thought they were like signed and had like backers and things like but, that. The record labels you guys know, record yeah. labels aren't handing out massive oh, advances anymore. No, that doesn't exist. No. I think the last but one I remember actually handing out massive advances was Roadrunner just before they collapsed in the UK and became very small in America. Because mm. right. um, we knew somebody from, what was it, Mutiny Within, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So Mutiny Within were recording their album just before, um, well, I'd say um, Time Tune became massive. Right. And uh, they got an advance, I think, of something like 15 million on a. Jeez. Uh, the whole band owed them 15 million. Um, oh, and stupid. Yeah, it? the amount of illegal downloads would have paid that 15 million back. Um, but the amount of legal downloads meant that there was nothing coming wow. back in. Oof. That's um, terrifying. And then uh, uh, they sort of said, it's like, we feel like we're the ones that killed Roadrunner Records. But it was actually. The uh, torrenting mm. that yeah, killed yeah, uh, Roadrunner yeah. Records. I mean, whoever thought that Lars Ulrich was going to be right uh, when he was. I loved. Um, I loved While She Sleeps' recent campaign for their that new poster. album. That was yeah. like nobody buys nobody buys music anymore, which is great because it only takes four million streams to pay our rent and mortgage. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Like, thanks for everyone's like, oh, I've got it on repeat on stream, and we're like, great. If you could just do that for the next 25 years, <laughs> then we can afford to pay, you know. Well, I was, yeah, but the CEO sandwich. of yeah. uh, like Spotify has so much money, and a number one artist would have to be at number one for some, yeah, like 18 to 20 years, constantly at number one, just to get the same amount of money that a CEO does. It's well, I understand that there is uh, stuff to uh, change that now for where Spotify was based. I was reading up on it that people have actually taken. Uh, the representation so that they change the law as to how much streaming is worth to a band to try and tip the scales back. Okay. Um, because um, I can't remember who it was, but I saw a tweet from somebody who, when he was talking to the people in charge of this sort of thing, said that um, how much he had actually earned off of 55 million streams, something like £1,700. <gasps> Um, off 55 million streams. Oh my um, god. Uh, it's definitely better than that. Because yeah. oh. so, uh, <laughs> YouTube was the same. We used to we'd put our interviews up on YouTube. And for 5,000 views, you'd end up with what? Well, it was about $3.72. Yeah, we make, cents or we something, make nothing was, on our videos. And it's just, yeah. just gone down and down. We might, we might, make, we might make like 17 pounds in a couple of years. We'll be like, oh, we've got a well, payment. And we'll be like, oh, here's nine pounds 22. And you're like, oh, brilliant. That was definitely worth it. Milky bars are on me. You've had what, like, your videos get thousands of views. Like, yeah. ours don't scratch the surface on yours, especially with your Blip Biscuit one. And mm. yeah, when you think of it, it's like, I've had all, thousands and millions of people seeing it and all listening yeah. to you. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not how it used to be at all. Well, so. this, again, this is the, what we're talking about is perception yeah. of the industry has changed so much. is I w we've even talked to bands about it um, where their streams are so incredibly high on Spotify, but they're like, well, we don't make any money off of Spotify. That's why we're doing like you guys do. So set it off with a paid meet and greet, which is singing lessons, wasn't yeah. it? Um, so similar to what you guys do, because they're just not making any money elsewhere. But every fan seems to think that you guys are minted uh, <laughs> because you're musicians and you can actually go on a headline tour. But it's not the case is it no no i mean it, no. we're we're quite <laughs> so open cool. with our fans about that i mean yep. they all know and can see that we all work normal inverted commas jobs yeah. um mm. they can all see that they can see what we're doing and um 
Well, yeah, we're quite open about the fact that you know it costs us it costs us money to do this. We don't we don't really take very much money personally from you know at the end of the year if we've done a particularly great tour, it might be like oh here's a couple of hundred quid girls for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Some, some new sequins for the next outing. Yeah, yeah. But everything yeah. goes yeah. everything goes straight back in. There's always another That's video it. to make. There's always more costumes to have. You know, and people start complaining. They're like, oh, you wore those dresses in the last video, and you're like, well, you try buying like four new outfits for each of us every time we make a video yeah. let's see how much you can afford um, we get the same on uh, youtube is uh, the amount of comments about the fact that i'm wearing the same clothes as last year it's like well i've been doing this for 10 years with mike and so far we've run at a loss for the entirety of the <laughs> yeah. 10 years yeah. um, we just like what we do and because i think we're friends as well um, it makes it so much easier because you know we essentially do what we want with uh, our platform now yeah um, but we don't make any money off of it but the amount of people that think that we do just purely because off of our own lives we afford to get to festivals we yeah. afford to go and do the mm. things Not well if there is someone out there that wants to sponsor this podcast <laughs> we're quite happy to take your money and it'll all get plowed straight back into advertising the podcast and getting yeah. out on social media and things like that mm. that's the thing with the digital age now if you're doing podcasts and radio shows that are all based online to advertise them you need to a little bit of money to mm. push it out further than the people that are actually following you and yes. the, the people that follow you only 10% of those people and see your posts anyway. absolute vampires about that as well yeah. they know yeah. that you need them and they're just sort of like these horrible gatekeepers and they're like withholding your, your information it's like they know that you've got like thousands and thousands of people that want to see it and they're like no Give yeah, me more yes. money. That's the worst I'm not going to show you know. the people that have said that they want to see the thing you have. We've got, the thing you we've have. got nearly 16,000 fans on our Facebook. Every one of them has clicked a button to say, yes, please tell me about your things. And then you post something out and it's like, oh, it's reached 800 people. And you're like, well, that's, three likes yeah, not, oh. that's not cool. And then it's like, oh, no, well, if you put a YouTube video link, then we're not going to show anyone. Because it's so not the right a, company. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just looking at, uh, just earlier today at, the, at the, the views on our latest video, which was Gold Dust. And we, we uploaded that straight to Facebook. Um, and it's got like 12,000 views on Facebook, but it looks really pitiful on our YouTube channel yeah. because nobody, you know, because it's only got a couple of thousand on the YouTube channel because everyone's watching it on Facebook yeah. and you can't, you can't tally the figures up oh, and be like, we, no guys, really, it's popular. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we found this when yeah. we did a 30 second advert is we would have thousands of people watching the 30 second advert for one of the interviews, but nobody would actually go to the platform where it was um, mm. hosted properly. Mm. But the amount of people that thought they had watched the entire interview was hilarious. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, yeah. uh, you get loads of comments, oh, this is great. It's like, you've literally seen There's a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> well, given that largely it was, um, hi, it's Dan from Mike James Rock Show and this is, and then we would cut it after that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in depth. I loved it. Wow, yeah, great. Oh, thanks. I really learned something. The crux of the issues there. Yeah. But the, what you're saying about the gatekeepers, one thing that infuriates the two of us, because we've only ever put money into our events um, where we're not actually the reason why people are turning up. We're trying to promote the people that we're supporting with our own money. We've never done a page campaign for likes on any of our networks. It's all organic. Mm -hmm. But Facebook seems to get really angry that we share our own page to our own personal profiles. Because mm -hmm. you, you can't be proud of what you do on Facebook. No, it <laughs> hates that. It hates that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it kills your reach. And it's like, hold yeah. up. Yeah. Just because I'm a page admin and I'm trying to share to my personal, which are also the people that want to see it, because you're not serving it up to those same people, is crazy. Um, we could we don't want to put money in but we're getting to the point we're going to have to just so that people actually see what we do 
which is crazy because yeah. they've asked to see it it's in the right. first place. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 you're not forcing it upon them. They want to see yeah. it. Yeah. And you get it from like, we've noticed with stories, you get a better idea of how many people actually want to pay attention because that's a click in post, and you can't promote a story of others, other stories, and things like that. Mm. And we get a much better response on all of our stories than we ever get on any main feed posts mm. because people see the name come up and go, actually, I want to see what they're up to. That's yeah. interesting. But we're not being served up in the main feed unless, you know, we put a bazillion hashtags on there. And then, of course, mm. these days there's a perception if you put a bazillion hashtags on there, you're just chasing likes down. Yes. And like, oh, I just want people to see what yes, we're doing. Yeah, we worked really hard on this. And, like, and you all said you wanted to see it. So I'm just trying to make you see it without having to spend lots of money. I mean, I know I know some other smaller bands who do spend a huge amount of money on Facebook ads, and it does seem to work um, for them in terms of generating, you know, merch sales and online sales. But it's really hard to sort of take that big gulp and be like, okay, here's 200 quid, do your worst. It does feel like you you're know. just kind of throwing it out the window and just like yeah. hoping that somebody yeah. happens to... Well, also Facebook notices when people get clever because we um, love the example of I Prevail, um, who completely abandoned having a PR and instead used all of their PR campaign money to uh, promote Blank Space um, in England and America, their cover of Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. um, and they basically made themselves into a headline act off of that Facebook promotion. Much, yeah. Because we went to see them at Slam Dunk, and because they weren't around for that long, they weren't put up high on the bill, uh, we couldn't get in to see them because the crowd was so far back. Yeah. And mm. uh, to be honest, it's just weird when the crowd is a lot younger than me trying to fight through them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, and we went back for the headline act, which was Memphis Mayfire. I think it was. Yeah. Or which, Mice uh, and Men. One of, uh, one of those two. They yeah. Look the yeah. yeah. <laughs> But they're much bigger and they've got a much bigger following, all of this sort of jazz, and they didn't even pack out the mosh pit. Mm -hmm. And we're just like, how, how is that possible? But it's because they realised, and they were the first ones to realise, if we spend all of our money on Facebook, we can make ourselves popular. Mm. And now Facebook has realised that people are doing that. So Well, it's always, it's always something that we've struggled with in terms of um, PR, because as our PR team say, no one gives a shit what the lounge kittens have to say. <laughs> and, which is, okay. it, it's, it's kind of fair. And so we were really lucky in the way that well, we've worked with our PR team since the very, very beginning, since before Sonosphere. Mm. Um, and they are honest enough to say, please don't, pay us you know huge amounts of money to do these campaigns for you because you know it's just causing stress for everybody mm. and it's you know and we're not we're she's not bringing we're not bringing, <laughs> we're not bringing stuff in and that's not fair and so now we and so we had a chat about it and we decided that you know once we came back at the end of last year like that actually we weren't going to spend huge amounts of money you know trying to get into Kerrang and you know metal hammer and all that stuff because they don't care mm. we you know and that's fine um, we would spend more money just trying to get to the fans who, yeah, yeah. who do care. Um, and, and so that's kind of how, how, we're, how we're pushing it these days. I mean, I was uh, saying just uh, upstairs before we came down to do this, how much I've actually enjoyed your guys' social media feed recently. Um, because essentially you're just funny and give me a little yeah. bit happy in a world of depressing posts from everybody else. Thanks. Um, but that's the interesting thing is I think people care more about seeing that sort of stuff than necessarily a write-up these days. Yeah. Because, well, we, we find it from our interviews is it was when we um, sort of listened to other people's interviews and went, right, so 
let's stop asking bands what they're up to and what they're doing for the next year and just be weird. Well, that was more me than Mike, but still. Um, we can be weird. <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but one of my most viewed ones recently was when I was teasing the guy about the fact that he had to have his onion rings in his ear um, sewed up to make them look like normal ears again. And we're talking about snorting uh, coke off of uh, Flat Peak. As oh, well. right, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was more interesting to fans because it wasn't the same thing that's being asked by every magazine uh-huh. or yeah. every interview. It's a conversation. It's just real chat. Yeah. 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 And we uh, found that, yeah, we found that through, yeah, just going through festivals and having 10 years in this industry of learning that, yeah, people just get bored of it. If you want to know what an artist's favourite colour is or their favourite vegetable or something, Oh, we used to get you can probably find it so bored with it. Like, oh, so how did you guys get together? And we're like, you can read our website or our Facebook page. It's all on there. You want to hear what we've been up to? Well, you know, the biggest points of our career. Yeah, Yeah. we've written it all down. It's there for everyone. It's in our press pack. Any time that we had an interviewer that kind of ran with us going a little bit off the beaten track, we kind of just relished over being yeah. able to we remember yeah. Yeah, we remember we really appreciate that because it's more way fun. more real it's way so more, more fun, fun for everybody otherwise you're just like you're going through the motions and we feel just like, like, like I, mean, I, don't, that show. I don't know about you guys but it makes me feel like you've already done that research so you know that part about us yeah. you want to get to know us plus yeah. we've been around for a few years now most people most people have gotten like, most people are oh they're those girls in sparkly dresses you know sort of yeah. thing yeah they do the biscuit video yeah. 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 it made sense you know, to ask us who we girls. were at because yeah. yeah. we only yeah, just popped out of nowhere like, it was but a valid question now then. that's just like the first sign that this interview is not going yeah. to go well for you yeah you didn't do your research so we're just at least I know you played Silly, silly you find like there's a time yeah. limit on it as well. So how's Fred Durst? You know, uh-huh. you know oh Jesus, oh, that question. Oh, I again. don't know. That was five years ago. Let me just see. Oh, his numbers changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was five years ago. It was, it was five, five years ago. Yeah. But that, that must have like been a real positive start because you kind of exploded off of that, didn't you? Yeah, an unexpected like, start. Very yeah. yeah. Well, we were there in the crowd watching yeah. you guys getting a mixture of boos and cheers as you came out yeah. for and biscuit. Nothing changed. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the surreal thing is though, like uh, we didn't view you. I think it was a takedown beforehand, or mentioned it. And it's like, wouldn't it be cool if you like got on stage with Limp Biscuit? And yeah, then we walk around, we we walk around the corner at Sonosphere, and oh my god, the kids uh-huh. are on stage with Fred Durst. Yeah. Like, and then yeah, since then it's just been it's been awesome. Yeah. It? So yeah. Was, have you um, since since obviously that and it's all blown up, and then you've kind of sort of settled in the process of your career now. Do you feel happy of where you are within your um, standing within the community kind of thing? Because obviously it's a, it was a meteoric start mm. with that Fred Durst and the Limp Biscuit thing. Yeah. And then I guess it was kind of, do you know what I mean? It's, it's really kind of hard. Flew, it's really through. hard when yeah. you get a start that exciting. Yeah. Because then it's really hard for it not to feel like everything's going down again. Yeah. Uh, That's the word I was trying not to say. As you settle into regular bands. We found our rhythm. And we've made no bones about the fact that you know last year we went through a really bad time where we didn't think the band was going to make it. And, um, and you know, we all took some time out and we, all, we spent a lot of time working on, on our, our relationships with each other and how we wanted to work as a band and what we want, why we wanted to do it and what we wanted yeah. to do it for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we just decided to take all of that pressure away, you know, like if, if the cool stuff happens, you know, we get more support tours, we get to go and do the big crazy venues and blah, blah. But the fact, you know, the smaller stuff, 
that's just become regular, you know, like it will be at, on our fourth Glastonbury this year. That's amazing, you know, yeah. like yeah. we're just regulars there. Like we're just yeah. those kinds of things. Like they're not to be sniffed at, you know. Yeah, the yeah. fact that we could come back after we haven't toured since the beginning of 2017 um, wow. on our headline tour. Yeah. Um, and we haven't toured at all since the September 2017. But the fact that we can come back and people are still here, you know, like hundreds of people are still here ready to be like, oh, I want to get a ticket. And, like, that's amazing. And to come and play the shows and make the people laugh and have them sing along with us and, you know, do the stuff about mental health and, and, and have the people message us and say, you know, stuff helps me and thanks, you know. it's it, it That's all worth it. And that's what we decided we wanted to do. Yeah. And we wanted to do the stuff that makes us happy, there that was, makes us laugh. There was definitely we understand not worry that. any like, of the rest of it. We did spend a year, I think probably like our third year in, where we tried so hard. We had a lot of outside influences in from 2016. people. 2016. People being like, you should do this, you should do this, try this, try this. And we just felt like we were being pulled in several different directions. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. is this what people want? Yeah. Is and this And the quality of the okay? work went down as well because yeah. we were so busy and so stressed and trying to do so much. We were exhausted We you know, and it stopped being as fun. And then the kind of collapse a little bit came after that year. And then when we sort of regrouped and came, what's really nice yeah. about this is I feel like, we're just doing stuff for us now. Like we're not trying to be yeah. like well, I don't care because yeah. we were, <laughs> like, well, wait, we were still doing we were see. still doing all we're that stuff fun. and working our normal jobs yeah. and then not able to pay our rent. And yeah, know that feeling <laughs> well. And like you were like that in you know, 2016. I was working fully for the band, and I I've never been as broke as I was and in that year. And on the outside. We released, you know, so when we got to album release month, you know, we released the album, we went on a massive headline tour, we sold out half the shows on the headline tour, we had status quo, support, arena tour booked yeah. in and announced. So on the outside, everything looked like, you know, the album hit the charts when it came out and it was really amazing. And on the outside, everyone was like, oh my goodness, you're having such a magical time. Yeah. And on the inside, my housemate was buying all of my food because I couldn't afford to eat and I was having to borrow money to pay my rent. And it was this weird juxtaposition of feeling like I was, we were achieving these amazing things, but like having to suck up like the shame of like yeah. not being able yeah. to pay my own way or our own way. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. was was really I mean it was crushing and it put me in a very bad place and I'm sure it was the same for the girls that's, yeah. that's kind of the premise of why we're doing this podcast is yeah. to open people's eyes up to what's become of the industry of you know we started 10 years ago and it was all MySpace and you know everyone was <laughs> sharing and all that kind of stuff yeah. and yeah now it is a case of even for us to do a radio show and get to a gig it's like a bands hardly ever come down this way of the of the UK anymore because we haven't got the support network of like the fan bases because they've got to travel everywhere and infrastructure's not there. The mm. venues have all closed down in the last like, five mm. or six years. Mm. So for us to go and do like a, ba a band interview of an act that's the caliber of where our show is perceived to be, we'd have to travel to Cardiff or Bournemouth or Bristol and right. just that and petrol alone, as you, as you know, being on the road, it's petrol's the biggest outlet. I watering. It is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we've gone from sort of uh, scorching up as quickly as we could with as little time as possible to actually planning so that we can drive at 60 the entire way to gigs and back now yeah. wow. because it actually makes enough difference. Partly for a similar thing as you were saying is towards the end of festival season last year, I don't think I would have been able to attend any festivals if it wasn't for Mike because he essentially paid for everything um, because I couldn't. Um, but we are a team, so... Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, we've... 
written and launched all of this as a reason to carry on because we got to a point where we're like we're attending the same festivals each year getting the same perceptions off the people each year but we don't make any money we're not here for any other reason apart from this is what we found ourselves to be good at yeah. after a couple of different things i mean mike used to be a house dj for the entirety of the county um, <laughs> cool. yeah, <laughs> i've been in multiple bands but neither of us found that actually last year wasn't it because yeah. I, I was a hard house trance dj nice. for years and years and the, the ultimate goal when you're a hard house trance DJ is to play in Ibiza. You have, oh, to, yeah, play yeah. In, <laughs> you have to play in Ibiza. If you're anything, you play in Ibiza. Uh, and it just never happened. It was just one of those things. I took some time off and then got, in, got back into my rock and metal. And then strangely, we got taken out to Ibiza last year to play oh, in weird. Eden, the biggest, oh, one of the wow. biggest clubs oh, in the world, playing a rock weird. and metal set, which I just <laughs> never perceived would happen. Sunrise, like, sunset. It was, yeah. it was surreal. And like, this guy was with me all the way. It was, yeah. it was, yeah. I don't was, think that's kind of the ethos that we've started to take is that it will happen. What will happen will happen. Bonkers stuff happens all yeah. the time. Oh, completely. And, you know, it's not over. Like, we'll just, it's not as over. long as, yeah, exactly. As long as we, as long as it's making us happy, and you know, and we're doing it for the right reasons yeah. and making ourselves laugh, mm. yeah. then whatever else happens will happen. And if we get to the point where we don't want to do anymore, then we won't do anymore. And that's, you know, that's just, and that just kind of takes the pressure off because yeah. doesn't it feel like, isn't it awful having to swallow your pride so much to like borrow money from your, yeah. your mate and your colleague? Yeah. Family. It's yeah. horrible, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I've, I've as soon never as we finish this interview, I'm cooking like for that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still true because, uh, yeah, no, we we don't run on that much money um, at all. Um, we even uh, through promotions, we lost the operating budget that we were running on for like two years. We had yeah, an operating yeah. budget. Uh, tried to put on the same uh, thing that we did every year, but because we didn't get the lineup correct, as it were. And what a lot of people didn't realise, it was six months of uh, working with every band that wanted to play it from Heart of a Coward, Architects, um, Crossfaith. Cross mm -hmm. um, we had um, preliminary agreements with each band, one after another, as, and then they would cancel, so we'd move on to the next one. And we ended up having to take a deal which we didn't want to have, um, and sort of relying on the local support to trust in us that maybe one year where we don't have a, exactly the act that they want, they would still support us. Mm. Um, instead, we were hearing, uh, as we cancelled the event, we're not lining with Dan and Mike's pockets with money anymore. It's like, oh, <laughs> wow. Which um, never happened, because we no. never made any money, because all the money we make like, went and then back into... And pulling this event, um, with the amount that we had already spent on promotion, and, uh, well, we covered some deposits, I think, yeah. um, and nearly bankrupted us just cancelling, let Oof. alone what we would have been in if we had put the event on. Um, Legal action threatened. Yeah, fortunately, I argue well over uh, legalese, so <laughs> um, I just. Uh, um, but that was the thing is, like, the perception of what we did is people thought they were actually lining our pockets, and we're like, but no, this is just going to pay for next year's big event, because mm. um, we had a silent back of the year that we cancelled. Yeah. Uh, because we, the year before, uh, um, before um, <laughs> we nearly went bankrupt that year just trying to pay deposits because people don't realise how little money is actually in the industry um, and we even got criticized I think on our event for putting our ticket prices up um, so that we posted last year's poster with the same ticket price as the year that people were telling us we put the ticket prices up people, yeah. yeah people's perception is it's crazy yeah and how yeah how much things cost and stuff like that it's like even a simple run of posters to put around town on the bollards and stuff like might only be a tenner's worth of posters but they'll only stay up for a day because then you've got dance to, promoters you've got indie mm. promoters you've got 
us uh, us and other promoters in our genres and stuff and they're all fighting for a poster space this big and mm-hmm. it's it's carnage and then yeah then mm-hmm. we've already touched on social media so you're doing old school flyering and postering and then you're doing the new school of like online advertising and radio and press and all that it's, it's, and it's then the labour that goes into that yeah. as well like it's hours it's so yeah. much work it it's is. exhausting yeah. but the way that you're viewed by companies is that for some reason as musicians you're your property, the music, is everybody's to have either for free or for companies to take a slice out of. Well, and yourself as well. That's the thing that's really changed, I think, in the industry over the last uh, 10 years or so, is that you, you can't just be a musician these days. You've yeah. got brand. to be a personality. You've yeah. got to be a brand. You've got to you've got to be able to plug yourself on all these different platforms. You've got to be able to produce content. That's not a thing that you had to worry yeah. about in the 80s, you mm. know, like no, the God. 70s. Like the Rolling Stones weren't like, oh, what can we do for content today? We've got to put something, you know. They don't care. They've just got to be musicians. You yeah. don't, you don't, you have to be so multifaceted these yep. days. It's exhausting and people expect... It's something to be coming all the time, you know. Yeah. There's got to be new stuff. And don't don't dare copy and paste a post from one network to another because you don't have time to do both properly. Because <laughs> then you're slammed for being lazy. And it's like, hold up, I've just spent three hours trying to prepare all of this sort of stuff. And why do it have to be different? But it's because the unrealistic expectation. I mean, we got told, I think at one point, they're like, so who's the ghostwriter for Mike James Rock show? It's like, <laughs> do you think we have somebody that we pay to do this? Well, and we've always been really, um, we've always really liked the fact that, and we think the fans really like the fact that it, like, it's us behind the social media, you know, if you're, if you're talking to us on Twitter or on Facebook, it's us. Yeah. And I think if we were to lose that, I think it would, you know, it would it would damage the relationship with the fans because yeah. it's something they yeah. really cherish, and so and that we cherish too. Yeah, like, and we cherish. Like, it's I, not yeah, really love we're it. Not involved in it all. Exactly. Really so, is. but it's so you know it's so much work, and people are like, oh why don't you get someone in to run your social media? And I'm like, Cause that completely changes it, you yeah. know. And it costs. And it costs unless, money unless you've got someone that's really prepared to do it and. And then when they take it over and do it for free, it's like, yeah, that's cool. But then they get barrage upon yeah, barrage. Yeah, and we don't... It's like, actually, I want money for this. We thing. don't like paying... We don't, we, don't, we don't like making people work for free. We've no. been really lucky in the, you know, in, in our... As we sort of, uh, like, rose up and, and as the band sort of came together, that lots of people who have pitched in and worked with us for free, as we've worked for free almost the entire time that we've been doing this. <laughs> same, same. And, and, you know, people have, because they, they, they love what we do and they, you know, they think it's worth a little bit of effort. But... We don't like doing that. We want to be able to pay everybody f- fairly. We'd love to be yeah. able to pay ourselves fairly because it's it is a lot of work. But I don't. We don't want to lose that relationship with the with the fans. Yeah. And so we, you know, we have to. You have to put the time in. Pe- people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And I feel like when, I love that. You know, and I feel like when we're behind all of the things that we say on social media, all of the pictures, all of the responses, all of the press releases, or everything that comes behind it has come from us. And that's why people like it. It's our voice. It's us. Yeah. People like us. And we really appreciate that because we've not been told what to do. We're doing it because it's a part of us. It's an extension of us. So it's and really that, nice to be able to reach out to people in that, that way. That feeds back into the video stuff because the amount of times... That people have said to us, Roland's my favourite of your videos, you should make another Roland. And we're like, we can't make another Roland because we didn't know anything when we made Roland. We had no idea what was going to happen. We got as far as, let's make a music video. I know someone that does that. 
and we'll put it on YouTube and maybe 300 of our friends will watch it and that'll be hilarious. That's genuinely why we... We didn't even know we were going to use the Ferrari until we got to shoot on the day and the person whose house we were shooting at was like, we've got this Ferrari, would you like to use it? And we were like, yeah! (laughs) And our videographer, we were just stood around this Ferrari being like, oh. And our videographer was like, rub your bums on it! And... (laughs) And it became this massive, massive video because we weren't thinking about marketability or yeah. what the fans would like or what, what we can and can't put on the internet or what, you know, yep. we weren't thinking about any of that. You look back through our socials for like the, like a couple of days after, like, or the day that that video went out and we did a post like where we were each the numbers yeah, we were so we thrilled we got to 300 or like, <laughs> I think it was only three of us and we each did like a number each. So, so we it were was really... 100,000. No, 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 no. Oh, no. it's a different thing. It was like way back when because we were really jazzed that it got into triple oh, yeah. figures. Yeah. We, we, just, like, we just we just finished a choir like... rehearsal. We were at the pub and it got into a thousand people. We were like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we took a picture. Like, oh my god! Blew our minds. Yeah. you know that it, it, it had done that Reached well. That well, we did a, a similar thing because uh, like for years I uh, like Mike realised I'd done this stupid thing with um, the end of heartache by Kill Switch Engage, which is through just um, uh, accident. If you play it at 1.5, um, Howard sounds like a pop princess. Um, and it's amazing because it doesn't sound like a chipmunk. Um, and we discovered this, what, like six, seven years before we did anything yeah, with it? Yeah, because you copied it for me and I played it in a club and everyone was like, this is so cool. <laughs> this is a piss take kind of thing. So one day uh, we were a bit bored on a Sunday night. Um, so I just decided, well, may as well upload it. But we didn't want to um, ruin the reputation. So we put it out on my personal one rather than the show's. Then uh, Mike gave it a jump start with all of our networks by posting out everything like that. And we had the same thing that you guys did, right. where we got to a thousand views and we're like, this is amazing, we can't <laughs> believe this is happening. Woke up the next day to a hundred thousand views and we're like, Whoa. what's going on? Um, and it took a year because we, we decided only to post it once rather than being those guys that had one popular video that kept hammering it over and over right, again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it got to a million on its anniversary. Wow. Um, that um, took a little push. That's more than just any of our videos. But yeah. The funny thing is, is we get picked up um, every, what, six months or so by a magazine that finds it again. So Peer and Con's picked up, Hammer's picked it up. And every so often it just gets reblogged, and I get like a. Yeah. And you get those more friends on your Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing was, is like we, the amount of comments that were saying, when are you going to release the next video? And we're like, this was an accident. This yeah. happened to go viral yeah. because it was the right thing at the right time. Yeah. And there's such expectation on you to do that again. You're like, I'm not that funny. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. Well, I mean, we can't. We can try. We can try and be funny. Like we always try and we be funny to. in our, you know, in our videos and things. But we can't. The same as we can't recreate how it felt that first time at Sonosphere when we first walked onto one of those massive stages yeah. and sang in front of a massive crowd. Like, we can never experience that for the first time ever again. Yeah. Because we know too much now, you know? <laughs> we, we, we know what it feels like to walk onto a big stage. We've done it loads of times in various different heights of heels. Well, just we played a sold-out Wembley Arena as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't, and, you know, and it doesn't stop it feeling amazing, but it doesn't feel as amazing as that time when we were those wide-eyed girls that were like okay go over there sure brilliant okay can we do this oh we're doing it anyway and we can't you know we can't the same with the videos now we're constantly we're trying not to think about marketability and what the fans will like and just and that's what we've really made an an attempt to do over the you know what we're with what we're producing now is to just strip it back to like what do we think is funny what do we what do we think would be fun to do in a video and just do that and if people like it, great. Yeah. And if they don't like it, 
We had fun making it. Yeah. And that's well, the, gold, the gold dust one has just dropped. Phenomenal. It's all glitter and yes. sparkly bits, which is you girls. And then it's all neon and modern that goes with the song itself. It's yeah. just like the way it's cut and edited and works well together. Is that what it is? It's just tape. Yeah, it's just UV tape, tape yeah. and, yeah. and, 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 and our fabulous outfits from Coquetry Clothing yes. yeah. were really good. Who was that, sorry? Co- Name job? Co- Coquetry Clothing. There you go. They're, they're excellent. If they want to sponsor this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear sequins and glitter. I'm more than happy to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's more spandex. It's, it's all there. It's all spandex that we wear comes it's, from Coquetry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And did you get that from Steel Panther? Huh? No, yeah. actually, actually, we ended up putting Steel Panther in touch with some of the people that make have made various stuff for us. Mm, actually, yeah. Amazing. there was a lot of tips, tips swapping yeah, on, yeah, that, yeah, on that on that tour. Yeah, yeah. Back, oh, where did you get those? Like, this is like, the best hairspray I've and ever used. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you don't want full sequin trousers. It's just really awkward. It's very hard and sweaty on stage. We're like, right, noted. <laughs> I, I've actually given Jacoby Shaddix um, advice on how to buy sunglasses because oh. uh, uh, he kept losing sunglasses i don't know how we ended up in this conversation but he's like i keep losing really expensive sunglasses i was like well find a dollar pair that you like and then buy 15 of those rather than a 15 dollar pair and then you've got a supply yeah um and apparently he's going to go do that now so i'm gonna, <laughs> catch, I'm gonna go catch up tip. with him yeah, um, about, yeah find out whether he actually bought loads of uh, pairs of sunglasses yeah. but um no it's uh, it's an interesting thing that you say because uh, with um steel panther We've um, only ever seen them drop um, something which is clearly quite important to them, which is the marketability of their image. Right. And I think it was actually um, at the same time that you guys were the there. Same tour, wasn't it? Yeah, we because uh, uh, we had a good interview with them. Where leading in. Oh, wasn't the same tour. Sorry, they they were just in Cardiff to. Yeah, to say hey. Oh yeah. Oh, that was on our album tour. Yeah, yeah. And we we yeah. we had took a couple of days off to yeah. have some fun with our showbiz pals because yeah, it, it was Timmy's birthday. birthday. Yeah. But um, the thing was, is we noticed with those guys, is they kept up what makes them their money which is the impression and the image yeah. apart from about 30 seconds after because um, i watched michael star watch me turn the uh, camera off and the microphones as soon as he realized everything was off he uh, dropped the entire act gave mike a hug told him it was one of the best interviews he's ever had because he didn't know how to uh, rattle mike any more than he <laughs> yeah. i came out of that interview and i just said to dan like that was the worst thing i've ever done it was so, the hardest interview just to like they're a law unto themselves. Oh, yeah. they, yeah. They've got an idea of what that interview is going to ha- what's going to happen in that interview, and it doesn't have any. It doesn't have any yeah. well, with what you're doing. Mike, <laughs> no, no, Mike rattled them because oh, um, like, he, yeah, he was so fun. cool as a cucumber. And in fact, on one question, just because he wanted to poke Michael a little bit, um, asked him uh, something where um, for a sentence he dropped his axe. He's like, "Oh yeah, and this is the best uh, gig I've ever played." He's like, "What do you expect from me?" And then suddenly you could see him check himself and go, "I should." Said that, <laughs> um, but as soon as he had done the hug and shown the real life, he was back to acting like the person because the dressing room was mm. open and there would be people expecting mm. him to act they like are Michael Starr all the time. Yeah, well, not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they work. They work so so hard with their act. You yeah, know, their yeah. To, to keep it the le- acting. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the joy of it, though. It's the yeah, theatre it of it all, you yeah, know. And, and, and but people don't get that. No. Like the fans, they don't get that. They think it's real. They think it's it's all real, which it is. Obviously, it oh, is clearly, real. it's all Michael real. Michael Starr is it's just that real. person. Yes. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, bubble yeah, it's here. it's very di- it's very different. It's very different to us. I mean, obviously, stage stage lounge kittens is a heightened version of ourselves, but really, it is just us. That's just that's what we're like in the yeah. van when yeah, nobody's yeah, yeah. watching. Uh, to be fair, it was um the Jarrett Reddit tour that mm-hmm. you guys did where I caught the full stage thing rather than sort of the bits and pieces we caught because you know press area restraints. Yeah. You get out just you don't in get time. To watch any shows. Well, you no. get out just in time to hear one more song. One more. <laughs> well, yeah, this. Uh, the, uh, 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 oh, is it a big name drop? No, no. The only time I've seen seen you girls perform is when you opened up for Limp Bizkit at Solisphere. Oh my oh, goodness! Full disclosure. I have not seen you perform live. So, t- so tonight, 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 tonight is yeah. the the first time I've seen oh you perform a full so set properly. Oh, after so after how many interviews? I and know. After five years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just because. Oh yeah, because you're, you're, you're working. Because yeah, we're all working right. all the time. Exactly. We understand. Like yeah, yeah. it's the same as it's the same as when you know when we're like oh great you know Panther on the lineup to whatever festival we're playing we'll get to see the guys and if you're really lucky you might get to wave from across the press area yeah. and that's it and then everyone's messaging each other like oh great to see you guys yeah. Yeah. Like, and you're like, didn't see you but we get well, that in interviews probably we'll be halfway through an interview there's was, there was one we played on the show literally this weekend just gone and the, Dan's doing the interview and the guy he's interviewing looks up and goes Oh my god, in Chicago over there, they're well famous. Oh, and he's getting and the guys like he's interviewing, he's getting all like flustered. He's like, oh, I'm really close to Inter Shikari. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just carried on with the interview. We felt like that the first time we met Bowler for Soup. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. he's a uh, Jarrett Reddick is actually part of the reason that we changed uh, our ethos uh, because yeah. at Slam Dunk he, um, a few years back, he'd just done his first mental health video where it was just him facing a camera. Saying basically, you can have anxiety and depression even if you're a happy, jokey person that yep. goes yeah, and tells jokes he, every night. Yeah, yeah, he is. The so he walked into the Slam Dunks press cool. area, and I got all excited because I'd seen the videos. I said to Mike, "I'm like, I'm gonna go uh, give him a hug and say thank you for making the video." So I did. Um, got really spooked after that. Um, got myself in and ran away. So Mike was like, "Well, aren't you gonna ask for an interview?" And at this point, we had only ever done sort of mental health stuff slightly covered um, in our interviews. It was a, if a point led there. We had never actually done anything properly, and. Um, so he's like, oh, I'll go chat to um, Jarrett myself if you want to. He's like, because I'm. He's like, you're not going to do it. I was like, no, I don't have confidence to ask for that. About ten minutes later, we ended up in an interview with Jarrett. Um, great thing. Um, he was really thankful for it. Um, didn't really he's think really much. Open. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. very, he's very yeah. open. Well, yeah, he's we great. didn't think very much until the tour with you guys, where I got invited back up um, to do another one, which we did, which. Uh, I subsequently lost when my hard drive went about a month later. Lost? It, it, I just can't access it. Yeah. So um, if I could actually pay the money to recover my drive, I could get the interview back. But I don't have uh, the epic amount of money it costs to recover a drive oh, this uh, uh, badly screwed. But the Real life rock star. Yep. <laughs> the weird thing was, and this is something that we had never even like thought about. We got uh, to the end of doing like a thirty-minute um, interview with him, um, and then he turned around. And he's like, "Well." should probably thank you i was like what for he's like well you're the reason that i talk about mental health and in interviews now i'm like are you kidding me he's oh, like wow. no no he's like um, i did that thing for a friend he's like and then two weeks later a random english guy comes up to me in the middle of england and goes you're amazing thank you for doing that that spoke to me and he's like and that gave me the strength to carry on doing it mm. and i was like yeah. 
that doesn't surprise me at all. And we've and yeah, and we've we've spent a considerable amount of time with Jarrett and, and Jarrett is is absolutely one of the good guys. We're still in contact with him yeah. all the oh, time. Yes. Like we are, you know, we're proud to call him. We are proper friends. Yeah. Yeah. She's not even just, wearing the hoodie right now. No, I am. I, I, I wear I wear this hoodie all the time. Um, although he's not old enough to be, actually be my dad, which is what it says on the back. Um, <laughs> but um, chaff dad, maybe. Yeah, he. Um, <laughs> but I think we had a similar thing. You know, we really when we released our mental health videos um, a couple of weeks ago, and it was really terrifying to begin with. Um, but the amount of messages that we had from people, um, and just just sharing their stories, you know, mm -hmm. and and uh, for everyone as well, like as comments on on the mm. on the Facebook page or whatever, like you know, you know the, the strength that that takes for for other people to then to be like, yes, I suffer with that too. Mm. Here's my here's my side of the story, and to share that with our community and our fan base was amazing, and that is instantly makes you go. Yeah, okay, we need to talk about this more. Like, like, sod how, doesn't matter if it makes us feel slightly uncomfortable or like, you know, slightly bare um, at all. If it, if it helps even a handful of people yeah. feel feel a bit braver or feel like they're not a, not as alone or they're not you know you know they're not the only people that suffer with these things then it's absolutely worth doing it and we should yeah. it's a couple of as well and it's well documented that, that he killed himself well oh, he what was, happened he was, with Avicii yeah, yeah. was absolutely yeah. shameful he, he, he was, in the yeah. industry yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's what absolutely. Was, yeah but also also you, uh, you covered the prodigy as well and that's that's very fresh in the in the minds of people are you, are you playing your prodigy yeah. Yeah. of course of course yeah, yeah. it's a it's an absolute privilege so, so and lincoln park also and lincoln park as, as well so you know you, you guys are proper bastions for the cause then really yeah. well i mean prodigy medley has been in our set yeah. from the very beginning yeah. um and well. and when we when obviously when we were putting the um the set list together for the tour we never imagined that we would we knew that we were going to do a talk about mental health yeah. with the avici medley um and turn it into a an into a positive um uh experience for mm. the the fans but we never imagined that we'd end up with sort of the suicide section of our our set list with you know and then um and you know we can't we would never consider not playing those songs because it's even more important you know yeah it's and, just as you say you feel like you're going to be regarded as pulling the mental health trigger to get sort of attention but if people don't start talking about it then we're not going to get to the point where it's okay to talk and about all it all those guys are you know a it's it's guys which people don't really perceive as like you know men are strong and everything and they boys don't cry yeah bottle it all up and also they're they're, they're guys that are in minor dan's age range as well yeah we all su mm -hmm. we suffer ourselves it's just like yeah very yeah. much so it's i think one thing that i found really heartwarming when we're talking about um putting it out over the socials and having the conversation and everything is uh, when people have been sharing their stories and in the comments underneath the videos is then seeing interaction with the fans with yes. each other yeah, yeah. like yeah. then having like we've kind of then moved it out away from us and it's kind of created this little space where people feel yeah. you know you've got like a degree of anonymity but yeah. people are kind of sharing their stories with each other and providing support and you just think you just want this safe space to just become a lot bigger and just yeah, because yeah, we have this always, we yeah. have this phrase that you're never alone at a lounge kitten show. Yeah. So and lots of our fans come to the shows on their own. 
loads of them. Yeah. And people message us and they're like, oh, I want to come to the show, but I don't have anyone to go with. And we'll retweet it and be like, you're never alone at Lounge Ken's show. And another one of our fans will get in touch with that fan and arrange to meet at the show. And yeah. it's absolutely amazing when we can see that happening on yeah. our socials. You'll be and playing the same, at a wedding soon. The, the, well, <laughs> the same thing is, is happening you know, through the through the mental health yeah. stuff. Is that yeah. They're kind of leaning on each other and it's becoming a normal conversation. And that's amazing. And yeah, I mean, we're obviously we're putting those songs into the set because we were fans first of, of the mu- of the music. That's why you, yeah. Tunes, yeah. you know, it, it's an honour to be able to play prodigy songs, and and we are we're all struggling to get through those songs without you know losing our shit at the moment. Yeah, but, but completely understandable though. But that's that's part of the process for everybody, you know, because yeah. it all I hate means to say it, but I don't us. think they're going to be the last guys either. No, no, no. unfortunately, it's. it's it's na- now becoming. It's not, I wouldn't say it's a pandemic or anything like that, but there's a more attention being put on it, so right. more yeah. more people become aware of it. Because yeah, there's the, the guy from this weekend yeah, from, from Love Island, Love Island, Love Island and that's yeah. the second person from Love Island. Yeah, I hate to say that. Really? Yeah, yeah. 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 But it's, it's, it's the the public thing. Then all of a sudden, you just dropped, yep. and, yeah. and it's all gone. In, don't forget, there's We Came As Romans, All That Remains. Yeah. They've yeah. both recently lost members. There was Huntress as well. Yeah. Um, like so many people are going, but you almost like sort of see the callousness of so many people going. And if you don't talk about it and you don't sort of embrace actually letting people know how much it's the same, then and that you go through it, it just becomes a, a flash in the pan thing where everybody thoughts and prayers. And you're like, no, that's not the point. No. But I, I, I also feel on this that it's not, it's not up to the person, not solely up to the person who is suffering. To reach out because that puts an enormous amount of pressure on that person so part of the reason of this conversation is to get people who aren't necessarily suffering but know someone who is mm. to think about it a little bit more yeah. so be the mate that you would want to have if you were going through something like that yeah. so just check on your strong friends yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. oh uh, check out check check in with all of your friends just period i think yeah. but if you know that someone has even history with it and they seem totally fine if they have history with it just check to see how they are every yeah. every so often do you know what i'm getting now is fans checking in on me that's great I've, I've got a few i've got a handful of fans who like once a week or so they'll just drop me a message and be like you're doing all right and yeah. i'm like yeah i'm all right mate thank you right. and it's just really like it's amazing it's a like, little boost isn't it i get uh, sent memes because uh, i disappeared from social media for six months uh well at least I disappear presence-wise, and those who realise and drop me a message realise I was still picking up the messages. I just mm. didn't want to be on social media comparing my life to everybody else's. Yeah, and it was you know all of those messages meant so much and were a lot of the time the thing I needed to hear that day. Yeah. Um, exactly. um, the great thing was is it all rounded round to when I did feel better and I came back. Is I'm a kid that I had ran into just through life. Um, who lived in a social circle where mental health wasn't discussed, but he saw my Dancast, or at least the adverts for it when it was up before, um, when he had nobody else to turn to. He didn't want any help. He just wanted somebody in his life that was the same. So he started uh, messaging me, and he was like, you know, I remember your video from all that time back. And he's like, I hate to say it, but when I watched your video, I thought, you know, attention-seeking wanker, basically. Mm. He's like, and then when I got into that mind space myself, he's like, I just wanted to speak to you. And he's like you messaging me back has actually given me the strength to leave hospital and I was like okay I was mm-hmm. like I can't take on anything I was like because you know I, I mm-hmm. barely manage my own stuff mm-hmm. um, but he's like no no it's like it's just the fact that there's somebody out there that solidarity yeah. right knows totally. the feeling yeah, I mean, and, and I, I feel like within our like 
fan community that that is being built up as well. So it's not just about being a lounge kitten fan and oh, I'm in your area and I'm a lounge kittens fan as well. Like oh, I've re you know expressed my struggles with mental health and then that person goes, do you know what? Me too. Let's like you know meet up and have that understanding of each mm. other when we go to a lounge kitten warm, show. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. it's a really warm, warm, warm group yeah. always. But I think that's the that's the main the main feeling that we have is that if we normalize talking about this stuff the same way that you would if you'd be like oh yeah i got a bit of a cold or how did you sleep no i don't slept terribly i'm so tired you know we talk about that stuff with each other all the time if we make mental health as as normal to talk about as those kinds of things then hopefully it it stops people from getting too far you know down the spiral um you know and we're really lucky because the three of us have all, all suffered with mental health since way before we were even friends you know, our entire lives, basically. Yeah. We know and that so, Yeah, and so we and we talk about it really openly with each other, you know. So you'd be like, you're all right, mate. And I'm like, actually, I'm struggling a bit today, mate. And then we know that we can how to... We have to adjust our behaviour towards whichever one of us is having a shit day, um, you know, to, to take into account their particular struggles. And that's fine. And if we normalise that, you know, across more people, mm. then, you know, hopefully it just becomes... It just helps people feel less alone. Yeah. So, so as they say, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, yeah it's indeed. fine. It happens yeah. to everyone, Every even even the happy dancing man. You know, at the front of like multi-million-pound gigs. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, that's. You could, you yeah. could be again. You could be having the most successful time on paper in the perception mm-hmm. of other people, and it it's not enough. It's not picky. It yeah. like it can happen to anyone, and I think with the with the high profile stuff, the people, and I'm not just talking about you know musicians, but you know people that um, are really successful in in any any industry. Yeah. Yep. Um, they're all in high pressure situations, but the amount of guilt associated with feeling down when you're a, you know a lucky one or one that has it all or one that you seemingly to the outside yeah. has a charmed life in some way, right. you feel like you don't deserve to feel because of all the privilege bad because yeah. you're yeah. so privileged and yeah and that that you can get into that spiral and you feel like well I can't ask I can't ask for help I can't be like call me you know yeah. I'm having such a bad time I'm so busy going to festivals I'm so tired yeah. you can't you don't feel like you can whinge like because you feel like it's just whinging yeah whereas you know it's not and it's fine it happens to everybody yeah. and it's okay to admit it there we go. Should we? I, I think that's. Uh, we've been chatting for almost an hour, so I think we should probably wrap up. Yeah, we, got, we, could, we do have to sound check, but like we could go on about this forever. Yeah. Like. We'll, we'll see you again in a few weeks' time, and festival season kicks off, so we'll probably catch up again. Yeah, yeah we'll make yeah, it a sure. running thing. Yeah, Let's do it. Cool. Anytime. Ever so nice for you to pop down to the Shire as well, for starters. <laughs> it's our pleasure. We can't believe it's taken us this long to play in Exeter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then once you've played in Exeter, you'll be like, next tour, we're coming straight back. Yeah. yeah. There you go, first date. Yeah. Every time, yeah. every time. But thank you very much, Lambskins. Thank, thank, thank you, you for so having us. Real Life Rockstars Podcast. That got deep. On multiple different fronts. <laughs> but hats off to them. They were well open and honest, which is very sweet and nice of them to be that open with two scrappy urchins like us <laughs> completely <laughs> um so i think um on like much further of a wrap-up uh, we are going to leave it at the fact that the discussion's still open on um it's just getting the timetable together um yeah, to be able to um speak to these guys again 
Um, and I think they're probably going to be able to wrap it up far better than we can. We can be the conduit as we always are um, as interviewers. Hmm. Um, one thing that, that uh, did strike me though, and um, you know, I'm hoping, um, uh, well, I can imagine uh, the, the people that have been so lovely about listening to us twaddle along um, about things thus far have um, I got to this point. Um, I'm thinking that maybe we need to uh, take a, because I mentioned the downcast didn't I, on uh, that uh, You did, yes. Which was my failed attempt at doing a, a mental health uh, blog. I wouldn't say it was failed. Well, you I started... Cho- you chose to take it down for personal reasons, which is fair enough, but you was, at, at the time it was going up, it was having a positive effect on people, so I wouldn't say it failed, it's just in your eyes it failed, because <laughs> that's the headspace you were in at the time. Um, but I am was, I thought it was successful enough. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking that um, I do have a, an interview with um, Dave McPherson, um, still uh, now unreleased because I've taken it back down, that we could potentially pop on and do a bit of a um, Dankar special um, throwback. Uh, where we, cause we, Something to do in 2020? Yeah, because we do, um, like we've been told before um, in our interviews, comments, and you know, just general feedback is we cover mental health well. Yes. Um, and I feel much more confident talking about mental health with you than I would do ever doing a singular blog again, and especially in the podcast as well. It's like the, the, the mind space is so much easier because you know, I'm not worried about the way I look, and uh, the blog was just too heavy. But we could potentially, if people are interested, um, it was a video blog, not a written blog, yeah. <laughs> <Just> a, <laughs> or audio blog. Um, but we we could we could do something like one of our ones where it's just us talking. Is uh, we could because uh, we've give it a stab. And we've uh, you know remembered a lot of the life hacks that people have given us over the years to be able to cope with the lifestyle. Um, even if we don't necessarily use all of them ourselves, we've got some hopefully pro tips from other people. But maybe. I know, maybe we could make it into a series uh, in 2020 and put the word out if there's anybody that particularly wants to speak to us on that, because there are some real champions of mental health. There are indeed. At the moment. Uh, so maybe do a, maybe do a launch, uh, one ourselves, and then see if we can get people to talk about it on here as well. Cause I think Lots of plans for next year's podcast. Yeah, uh, I think it's as relevant as uh, everything else. So thank you um, to the Lounge Kittens for being you know one of the first people to be that open and honest, because that, mm. that was some deep stuff. Um... And uh, yeah, so we have the top 10 um, albums of the decade from both of us split into... Uh, two, uh, yeah, we'll do it over two podcasts. Two parts, and not one dedicated to mine and one dedicated to... No, we'll do like... Half and half on the time. 10 to uh, 6, and then 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 on the last one. Yeah. And then um, that kind of brings us up to the end of the year, and we can have a bit of time off. I thought over over the we've, we've actually, festivities of the new year, like we've things like that. We a break for ourselves. This is nuts. <laughs> a couple of weeks off from podcasting and radio and stuff, just which the, doesn't mean we're not going to be doing stuff because <laughs> we are. Uh, but just getting that getting that self care going uh, first thing. Getting uh, twenty twenty off on a good footing. Yes. So uh, we've got plans for the podcast going lots forward. And, lots and lots of plans, which is good. Um, and so last uh, we've got to cover um, is uh, just thank you to Fireball as always for sponsoring the podcast yes uh, and obviously if you want to talk to us potentially even sponsor the podcast um, our email address is realliferockstarspodcast at gmail.com or you can reach us through any of the Mike James Rock Show social media which is obviously Mike James Rock Show on Facebook Twitter Instagram 
Those are the main ones we hit up. I, I, I said it on the show, uh, but we are now, if, when you're on YouTube looking for our interviews, you type in Mike James and it, we're above the basketball player who has always been there and it's always irks me that there's someone else. <laughs> okay, yeah, so he was a big basketball player at the States, but I think he's a long time retired now, so not getting as many hits. And uh, yeah, we, we have gone above him in the YouTube search link. I was like, yes! <laughs> Finally, now to just do it on Google and things like that. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, you can reach us anywhere like that. And as um, we say, is essentially that is what builds a shout out for uh, you on the podcast as well. So, yeah. I guess we're wrapped. I guess so. We are done. Okay, I will do the exit tro music type thing. Hit, hit the. Hit the button. Real life rock stars podcast.